The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, we have a bonus episode. L.A. Lakers update from my guy Brian Kamenetsky, host of the Locked On Lakers podcast. He joined me and my two co-hosts Nick Ashu and Ryan Horvath on our show BetMGM tonight. Great discussion on the future of the Lakers, what you should do with their win total, who's actually going to be the point guard there, so much more to get into. So Nick, drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. This is when, you know, things kind of just simmer down a little bit. We got trade rumors out there, but not a lot going on with Dame or James Harden. And then we get that deal that the Lakers signed Anthony Davis to. Three years, $186 million. Six, over $60 million a year. Now, we know how great he is when he's healthy. We also know that there's an injury history there. But I look at this and say the Lakers didn't really have a choice. They had to make this sign, this deal happen. Do you feel the same way about it? Is that sort of the overarching feeling around everybody covering the Lakers? This was something that had to happen? Yeah, I think more or less that's basically it what else are you going to do i mean you could play it out and let him play this year and he opts out of his contract and the most likely scenario is you end up signing him to a longer term deal for more money next summer than you would have done it this summer so if you're worried about the injury risk now you've added another 70 million dollars or whatever the number would be and another year so he's a year older I, this 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 is the one that made sense for everybody there there are about two players in the league where you could sign him to a deal that big that that you don't worry about it. And he's not one of them. But, you know, Jokic isn't available, Giannis isn't available, and so you work with what you got. So Austin Reeves getting a ton of love right now. Probably the best contract now in the NBA. Uh, they got him for, you know, they had to pay him that number. That was the most that they could offer him. How come other teams didn't try to, to saddle the Lakers with some sort of poison pill, in your opinion? I think it's because the number, like you would have had to get up to around $100 million to, to, to get to that point where the Lakers would even have to think about it. And so... Any number that was lower than that, every team was like, eh, what are we doing here? You know, for 65 or 70 or whatever, the Lakers are going to match. And, you know, it's, it's a waste of our time. It's a waste even for just a day of our potential ability to go out, sign another free agent. And I think the idea of in the third and fourth years of those deals, having somebody like Reeves up around, I think it would have been like $36 million 
um, was probably just a little too rich for for teams. So the the his the way his deal was had to be structured because of, you know his status in the league. The first two years were set at like twelve million, and then so to get to a hundred would have been everything left over after those first two years. So I think it was a combination of the Lakers scaring everybody away and then not quite wanting to go to that $100 million figure to keep to get him. Dorian Finney-Smith last year signed a, a really favorable contract as well, said the reason why he was comfortable signing that is because he wanted to be in Dallas. And then turns out that that favorable contract was exactly the reason that he got traded out. If the Lakers try to make some move for a disgruntled star, say a la Damian Lillard, if he doesn't end up getting moved, do you think the Austin Reeves at that number is the first player that other teams would want i'm sure he'll be in it the good news for lakers fans is that it's basically impossible to construct a dame deal without like anthony davis in it or something like that and so you know they're not doing that they're not trading for dame you know for anthony davis doesn't make you better and so the, the lakers are in a position right now where it's really hard for them to do dumb things uh, which is good. And, you know, the dumb things for the Lakers tend to be around, you know, somebody dangles a star in front of them and, you know, Rob Palenka can't help himself and LeBron can't help himself and Anthony Davis. Like none of, and so there's, there isn't that option right now. The, the closest thing to that this offseason was blowing up a, a roster that went to the Western Conference Finals to go get Kyrie Irving. And I think that was even a little too risky for for the Lakers. And so... You know, that fortunately for them, we're not going to find out, I don't think. But never say never. Uh, Brian, we were hearing reports of the Lakers having some interest in Christian Wood, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I think they're only capable of offering them a league minimum contract. Uh, there's something up, obviously, with Christian Wood. He's on a different team every single year. But do you think there's any way that they do get a deal done with them? Do you think this Anthony Davis, you know, restructured contract means that's probably off the table? And how would he even fit? You know, would he be coming off the bench to back up Anthony Davis? It's a good question. The, Rob Palenka has said that they, the, the, four, they have a, the 14th and 15th roster spots are still open on, on the Lakers. The 14th spot, they'll probably keep the 15th open, but the 14th is going to go to another big. Right now, the only other center that they have on the roster is Jackson Hayes, who yeah. the, uh, the, the, the Pelicans, I should say, were like, please go away now. Like they, they made no effort to keep Jackson Hayes at all, which tells you something. That, you know, he is part of the Anthony Davis deal, they, you know, he was one of the the big pieces that they got, uh, the high draft picks that they got as as part of that. And so to let him go tells you what they thought of him. So he's the only other center right now. They're going to sign another big right now. The options out there, the best two are Wood and Bismack Biombo, and I think they're just waiting. Like Christian Wood obviously wants to get more than the minimum. He produces statistically at least at more than the minimum. But like you say, he's been on eleven different teams and he is probably one of the five or ten worst defenders in the NBA. And so that's what's keeping him from getting a, a, a – nobody wants to give him any more. So the Lakers will be happy to give him a minimum if, if training camp rolls around and he still doesn't have the offer he wants. Um, there's no – the Lakers can't give him any more than that, so they're just waiting. In terms of fit, he actually – I think offensively especially would work really well with Anthony Davis because he can step out. He's close to a 40% three-point shooter, and he can he can help the Lakers offensively in the 20 to 25 games that Davis almost surely won't play this year. Um, he is 
hopefully Davis, like when they were playing together, could kind of cover up for his defensive problems. Um, and then in the games where AD isn't there, you just outscore your opponent, I suppose. Um, so the, the fit isn't terrible. It's just a question of whether or not Wood would take a minimum to play with the Lakers and whether or not the Lakers could get him to focus enough to play good enough defense that they could keep him on the floor. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, you're talking about the Lakers being in a position where they won't do anything dumb, which feels like the first time they've been there in the LeBron era, really, because you're right. They dangle the stars, and then everything seems to change. The moves they made at the deadline last year really made them one of the best teams post-trade deadline the rest of the regular season, and they clearly were better mm-hmm. than a seven seed at that point. I look at this Pacific division now, though. Suns are the favorites to win, obviously. I mean, they're they're certainly stacked and very top-heavy, plus 170. The Warriors are still have the second-shortest odds at 3-1 to one to win the Pacific, followed by the Lakers after that at plus 350. When you look at this Lakers team, obviously the division is is absolutely loaded, What's like a win range for them? We haven't had win totals out yet, but what's maybe a win range for them that you think is reasonable for this season? Like, could they be a 50-win team this year? They could be. If everybody, if, if Davis is healthier than expected, LeBron is healthier than expected, um, they could win 50 games without putting the pedal down. And Because they're not going to try. They're not going to try to win 50. They're not going to try to be a two-seed or a three-seed. I think what they will do is make sure they are six or above to stay out of the play-in. I don't think they want to do that again. But, you know, as a seven seed, they, they showed that they could get to the Western Conference Finals. They, they can beat a team like the Warriors without home court advantage. They can beat Memphis without home court. Like, and they didn't lose to Denver because they didn't have home court advantage. Denver was way better. So, you know, it's really hard to come up with a win total for the Lakers because injuries could be a real problem that drag them down. Um, but also because they're going to be measured, I think, this year. And then the, the conference, just, I mean, you know, I, I see the numbers you got up, like Sacramento, you know, 25 to one. Like, that's right. Like, yeah. that was a team that was, I mean, where were they third in the conference last year and didn't get worse this, this offseason? Like, they're pretty good. I mean, I've seen numbers like around on like Oklahoma City that are extraordinarily tempting if you just want to like have a, a funsies out there. Like, <laughs> the bad teams in the West are going to be, you know, it's still probably the Spurs and, and the Rockets and, and Portland, I guess, are the three worst teams, assuming, especially once Dame is traded. But, you know, the Rockets are going to be better. And the, you know, the, the, the Spurs should be a little bit better this year. And the, the bad teams are good. And I think the Western Conference is going to be what they thought they were last year before Adam Silver you know, probably told everybody to just calm down until the Lakers get their bleep together so we can get them into the playoffs. Everybody just needs to settle down and slow down. (laughs) And then you can play hard again. But we got to get the Lakers back in the playoffs. We can't keep doing this. Yeah, no doubt. I'm curious, uh, uh, Brian, about the how the minutes get divvied up at point guard. 
because my my thought is that like Delo's kind of your middle relief pitcher. Uh, you know, he's the guy that just eats up innings uh, until you need someone like Gabe Vincent to come in. But I could be mm-hmm. totally wrong in terms of how Darvin Ham wants to coach this team. Like in in your opinion, who is the full time starting point guard in the regular season, and is that the same in the playoffs? Russell's going to start. Um, more interesting question, I think, for the Lakers is going to be who finishes. Um, I Lakers fans are very into Gabe Vincent. Um, they are very not into D'Angelo Russell. There's some recency bias there with you know Vincent had you know the, what he did in the in the playoffs, particularly against the Celtics, and what Russell didn't do against the uh, the Nuggets. I am I find myself defending D'Lo a lot on the podcast because I'm like he's he's a good player. He's, and he's better than Gabe Vincent. Like, he's been a more established, better player than, than Vincent. He's a better shooter. The Lakers need spacing and all that stuff. I do think, though, if the Lakers are hitting enough outside shots, if, if Reeves' shot is what it was last year, around 40%, and Torian Prince can hit some shots, and Rui Hachimura can be somewhere between what he's been in the regular season and what he was last year in the playoffs from three, you'll have enough floor spacing to see Gabe Vincent finish games. But if not, I actually think D'Lo is going to play a lot. Um, they can play together too, which helps. So um, I am probably more bullish on Russell than others. That's all the time that we have for this bonus episode of the Heat Check. Many thanks to my friends and co-hosts Nick and Ryan. BetMGM tonight airs 7 to 11 Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Check out the feed for past episodes and bonus episodes. And follow the Heat Check as we ramp up for this next season. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends, every single one of them. And follow us on social at at this heat check on tiktok and trista crick on twitter instagram and tiktok even though i don't do shit on tiktok on my trip personally bye